0: You've been with us in 2016. you realize that uh, though the wind took our banner away, our theme is still strong and courageous. The, the, we are strong and courageous, our banners, not so much. but um, we have been looking at how God calls us to be people of faith, people who are fearless. No matter what circumstances come, we are reminded of our, our what's really been our theme verse, Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you the Lord said be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and that hope that promise was was to them for sure but God has worked over and over again to remind his people of who he is and so as tr- as part of trying to remind ourselves of who he is, we have been working through the New Testament. and We're very close now. We, we call this Northside 90 Days. We spent the first 90 days of this year uh, in the New Testament reading through it together as a family. You may see, if you're a guest, you may see the Northside 90 Days bracelet. Uh, you're welcome to help yourself to one of those. If you'd like to to take up the the program and, and just start your own and and read the New Testament through in 90 days, to be reminded... Of who God is. Oh that's so important. Because. It's not just about the. The reading program. It, it's about understanding. Why we do that. We have been on Sunday mornings. In this series called. Called glorious day. But it's not just about the series. It's about why that day. Is important. It's, a, it's about why. The gospel story matters to us. We have looked at. Three lessons so far, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. It it was, as we said last week, his burial was a real event, but it was also a unique event. It was unique in the sense that no one had ever been buried quite like he was, and certainly no one had been buried for the reason that he was, it gives us hope. It reminds us of the why, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Everything we've been building up to leads to this. A, a, a lot of people see the the symbol of Christianity as something like this. Cindy Abraham made this for me last night. Justin said she was. Up about very early this morning, couldn't sleep, and so was praying over me and, and the Easter message this morning. And they have these; the Abrahams have these, and so she signed one to me just to let me know she was praying for me. It's a beautiful symbol. I have one like it in my home to remember the great price that was paid for me. But you remember, you remember what Friday was like, don't you? When darkness covered the land. When Jesus' friends scattered. When hope dissipated. When we watched our Savior die. When we heard Him cry out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know the answer to that question? The answer to that question is you. Because He loved you. Because your sin needed to be paid for. Oh, it it was a deep, dark day. As darkness covered the land and as his friends scattered, as we watched our Savior die, as hope seemed lost. As the world looked very dark that day, heaven just looked back and began to count to three. And on that third day, and on that third day, that glorious day, everything changed. Turn with me to Matthew's account of that third beautiful day. The one we as Christians celebrate, the one that gives us hope. You see, every other religion, every other religion in the world has had their leader, their founder, eventually die and be buried. And we're the only one whose founder died ...and was buried, but even death couldn't hold him down. Matthew chapter 28. I hope you're there with me if you're not reading on the handout... ...turning in your own Bibles or looking on your phone or your iPad. The scripture says this. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week... ...Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay and quickly go and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And now I have told you. Mark's account of this is interesting because if you are interested in turning this won't be on the PowerPoint. But Mark chapter 16 starting in verse 2 the scripture says that very early on the first day of the week just after sunrise. They were on their way to the tomb. And here's what Mark records. Mark records that the women had a conversation, and the conversation goes like this. Who will roll away the stone? For as the women surely knew by then, there was not only a stone that was in front of the tomb, but it was sealed and it was guarded with a heavy fortress of men. It was designed to stay closed, and as they went to prepare the body of their deceased friend, they had a problem. The problem was not just a a figurative one, it was a very literal one. It was an obstacle. You see, when Jesus rose, our obstacles were removed. If you think about it, just from from their perspective, the the stone was very heavy, it, it was guarded. We don't know exactly how big the stone was, but we know it was heavy enough that it was going to be a challenge. And that those women, how in the world were they going to get to the body to even see it with that giant stone in the way? And we're told in Matthew's account that the angel had rolled away the stone. If you just read through that for a minute, you think, well, well, the stone was rolled away for Jesus to get out. But, but the more you think about that, that sounds kind of silly. I mean, Jesus conquered so many things in nature. Uh, Jesus stilled the storm on that Galilean Sea. Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. And so we imagine him here on an early Sunday morning. He wakes up, conquers death. And from inside the tomb, he's saying, "Uh, can somebody help? Can somebody roll away this rock? No. The the, the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away for our benefit. to, To let the disciples in, to remind them that Jesus was true. I don't know if you have any obstacles this morning. Hold on. Just stay seated right there. But that Sunday morning, they had something similar to this in front of them. Now, this is the most crinkly, cray-papery stone I could make. But I wanted you to get a picture of what was in front of them. It was an obstacle, you see. And we've got all kinds of obstacles between us and God. And a lot of them are our own fault. Since the garden, we have been hiding from God and and saying he is hard to find. And we've had our own sin and our, our struggles in the way, blocking our way to see God work. We, we've been asking, where are you, God? What are you going to do? I don't know if you're here this morning, but maybe you have an inner obstacle. You you, you struggle. You struggle with trials and temptations. You're full of of difficulties of the heart. Uh, people can't see them. Uh, you can cover them up by dressing up pretty nice and, and coming to church on Sunday. But, but you've got some, some stuff in here that's blocking the way. Or perhaps you've got not just the inner, article, inner obstacle, but the outer obstacle. You, you're full of, of fear and you're full of doubt. You're full of sin. And it 's all outside your life, and you come to church, and you hate being here, you're only here because somebody asked you to come, and you really really want to be here, but the way you feel toward God is God does no idea what I'm going through. If God loved me so much, he wouldn't allowed all this stuff in my life. I'm not sure if you've got an inner obstacle. Or an outer obstacle. But every single person here has an eternal obstacle. It was the sin that came between us and God. You see, God loved us so much, and yet God is holy. God God can't even be in the presence of sin, let alone people whose hearts are full of it. It's blocked our way from seeing him ever since the garden. It's blocked our way from fully understanding who he is and allowing him as our father to love us as he wants to love us. We got so many obstacles in the way. We got so many things. And yet on that Sunday morning. On that Sunday morning. What God did In sending his son to die and allowing him to conquer death was he removed every single obstacle. He rolled every single one away. And I hope that you know this morning that your father loves you and he has moved heaven and he has come to earth that he might know you that he might draw near to you. It wasn't because of anything you did. It certainly wasn't because of how good you are or how bad you are. It's because of his great love for us. You see on that day, he took away he took away the obstacles. Whatever they are. You you have no excuse. Other than just, maybe your, your heart is as hard as that stone. But God has done everything he can under the sun, by the sun. He's done everything he will do, except one thing, he will not force you. He will not force you into the gates of heaven. You've got to want to go there on your own. I pray that you will. I pray that you know how many obstacles he has removed. You see, on that day, it wasn't just removing a stone. It was restoring our hope. He took, as these young men are going to do, he took those obstacles. That's a heavy table, isn't it? He rolled them out of the way so that our hope in him Could be restored. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the apostle Paul writes this. If Christ has not been raised. Then your faith is useless. You are still in your sins. You see if that tomb had had a body in it. Then we have still no hope. But if that tomb was empty. If his body wasn't there any longer if he had truly conquered sin and death that day then we have reason for hope it was probably about 34 or 33 years ago I was four maybe five my little brother was two maybe three it was the very first funeral I remember attending It was for my great-grandfather, Alan. Alan Levering, I never knew Alan. And the only memories I still have of him are going to visit him in a nursing home. He was a man whose life was mostly gone by the time mine was just beginning. And when he died, we went to the funeral home. And I can remember as my brother and I walked in holding my dad's hand. I asked him the question, Dad, why are we here? And my dad, who was mourning the loss of his grandfather, said simply, we're here to say goodbye. And so we walked up to the the casket where there was open for the viewing. And he let us go in front. And we simply reached up looked over, looked in to what looked to be a very old man simply sleeping, and with childlike innocence simply said, well, goodbye. Now, from a child's perspective, you can understand we didn't understand, and yet I've been to many funerals with that very same sentiment, that what we were doing was going to say goodbye. And in Matthew chapter 28, the women, his friends, the disciples... All of them were going to say goodbye. But when Jesus rose from the tomb, our perspective on death changes. You, you see, when, when someone who's a Christian dies and we wheel their casket down front and someone says some nice words and some people come up and say some nice things and we sing some nice songs, it's not about saying goodbye anymore. If you're here this morning and and as I bring it up, it's a very painful thing because you've got somebody who is dear to you and near to you and you lost them and you feel like you had to say goodbye. Your hope is in that resurrection day. Your hope is that because he walked out of that tomb, this isn't a goodbye. This is simply, I'll see you later. We're reminded that he conquered death and that those in him conquered death. The last great enemy to be conquered, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. The last great enemy was conquered on that day. You see, what he did for us that day was more than just remove an obstacle. He restored our hope. He restored our hope. I remember one particular team camp. Every year we did this little activity where we would ask the students to write down a prayer request on a little post-it note. And so we had this wall that was just covered in in post-it notes of prayer requests, some some very serious, some just very simple. And the staff would all take these post-it notes down and we'd get them in a big stack and divide them out. And we'd intentionally go through the week and pray over those students and what they had asked us to pray for. I'll never forget one post-it note that I got one day. it broke my heart. It said simply, pray for my dad. Because he's lost his hope. I've seen a lot of people lose their hope. And maybe even that day, the disciples lost a little bit of theirs until they got to the tomb. You see, what what he did was not just remove an obstacle. But he gave us back the greatest gift in the world. Hope. Reminding us that, that whatever you're going through today, whatever you've been through this past year... It doesn't matter because you've got an eternal hope, a secure foundation for the soul, the writer of Hebrews says. You've got an eternal hope. This morning, if you've, been, if you've come here and you've lost your hope, I want to encourage you and give you some hope. That because he walked out of that tomb, you can have hope again. And you could be reminded that Jesus loves you and his love conquers even the grave. I wonder what it would have been like if something like what Jesus did that day happened today. Ever wonder about that, about how we might react, what might happen in our world? If you'll bring the lights down for just a minute, I want to share. Oh, it's a fictional story, but... Remind us what that day might have looked like in our day. see, long ago, this is what it felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we ought to feel, too. Because what it meant for them is what it means for us. So let's take the opportunity to do that. Let's not just wait for gathering in a church service to to hear some guy say what you probably know he's already going to say. Let's do what they did that day and share the message. Take out your phones. Uh, You knew it was coming. Take out your phones. Can you imagine if the disciples had had the technology we have today? Twitter would be blowing up. Facebook would just be full of timeline over and over again of the hope that we have. I want you to share this message. It's in a simple 11 word message. Because there's people, maybe you've got hope, maybe you believe the resurrection, but I bet there's people in your life that need some hope today. They need to be reminded of the reason for the hope that we have. So I want you to type Matthew chapter 28 verse 6. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. And I don't care if you put that on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or if you just text somebody in your family that needs to know. And maybe you're not a text or maybe you're not a social media person. Great. Then you have volunteered this morning. After you leave, whether you go to to dinner at a restaurant somewhere or, or you sit down at the table, I want you to say these 11 words. I want you to spread it by word of mouth or by social media or whatever means necessary. But this morning, I want you to commit to sharing this message. Because what did the angel say that day? After he told them the good news, in verse 7, he says, go quickly and tell. Go ahead, share it, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text it, or just commit to sharing it verbally today. And when you've done that, then you can fill in your blank that says, I shared the message. But you can only circle it after you've actually done it. After you've actually done what Christians throughout all ages, throughout all time have done. They have shared the message of the empty tomb. Why? Because it gives us hope. We're reminded that every obstacle has been removed. He was raised so that we might be raised. This morning, I'm going to go down in here to the aisle because there's a a man. He's a young man. Oh, he's he's not young in a physical sense. He's physically Herm Wilson. He doesn't have to stand. But this is Herm. Herm is 88 years old. And you know what? Spiritually Herm is just a few days old. He's just an infant in the adorable. <laughs> now on Thursday night, can I borrow your walker? Herm made his way using this very walker down front where he made a confession in front of a Just a small group of friends and family and people who love him. And and he made his way very slowly. and, And he confessed that Jesus is Lord. And he walked up that ramp. And with three other guys, we walked him up into the baptistry. And we immersed him into the resurrection. We immersed him into Christ. Now, I know, and Herm will tell you, it was a bit of an obstacle on Thursday, wasn't it? A few things that were difficult about making that walk, wasn't it? But let me tell you, if Herm can do it, then you can do it. And if you're here this morning and you need some hope, then I want to give it to you by telling you that you have no excuse. We'll take as many people as necessary to get you, if you're willing, to be buried with Christ Not that you would be buried with him to stay there, but to be raised in newness of life. To be raised for hope of the resurrection, as Jacob read just a few minutes ago. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly, we shall certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. I look forward to that resurrection day, don't you herm? We all do. But if you haven't been buried with Christ, there's there's you won't be raised with Christ. You you need to you need to be buried. You need to be raised that you might know that all your obstacles have been removed and that all your hope has been restored. This morning, if you would like to put on Christ just as Herm did, just come down and we'll help you. And if you'll confess that Jesus is Lord, then we'll immerse you into Christ. Or if you've been immersed into Christ, but you've long since lost your hope and you need our prayers and encouragement, let us come and love you. Let us help you whatever way we can. Whatever way. Whatever way. Remember that he was raised that you might be raised. Now, let's raise up together.